Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. We're going to go to John chapter 5 today. Last week was funny because if you weren't here, I had trouble preaching, man. During worship, it was really good. And usually I'm a little more coherent. I don't, I get whacked sometimes, but not like, last week was weird. I was having trouble, I was having trouble talking. And it was one of the, it was actually one of the most difficult, like, sermon messages to give for me. Not because it was a difficult message, it was just difficult to talk, you know. But I feel a little, a little more coherent today. So John chapter 5 is where we're going. And we've been talking the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Jesse and Jessica are back. Um, I wasn't here the two weeks before that when they were here and Jesse was preaching, but he, he was talking about the Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit, etc. And then last week we talked a little bit more about it. So I wanted to continue one more week on it. And I want to, I want to release something over us tonight, today, that is so powerful if you catch it, okay? It's so powerful. How do you run and not grow weary How do you walk and not faint? How can you be constantly working yet in rest and totally energized by the Spirit of God? Okay. The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not faint. Yes? In John chapter 5, we have the story of Jesus, and he says something really powerful. So let's... Let's go to it. Man. Sometimes when I preach, I like to like talk about th- just theology kind of stuff, but I've just been really thinking, man, we got to get into some Bible stories. Just saying Bible stories, the simplicity of, of some of these stories. I was hearing uh, when Jonathan was just saying, man, we just talk about stories. I was like, man, that's so good. Being reminded of simple things that Jesus did and Jesus said, it'll rock your life over and over again. Okay, chapter 5, we're going to go to verse. Here we go. 18. I was finding it. Okay, the Jews were more determined than ever to kill Jesus. For not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And Jesus answered them saying, I surely tell you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever things the father does, the son does them the same way. For the father dearly loves the son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will all be filled with wonder. Just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son also gives life to those whom he wishes. Let's keep going. One more. For the father judges no one, but is given all judgment to the son so that all will give honor to the Son, just as they give honor to the Father. The one who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who has sent him. He's telling them this because they want to kill him, because he's saying God's his Father, right? But there's a key in here. I only do 
what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. He says, my father has been consistently, constantly working until now. And he says, and so have I. God is a God of movement. He's a God of action. In our minds, sometimes we feel like, God, where are you at? He is working all the time. He's constantly working. Yes? How do we join in this holy work without getting really bored, tired, broken, uh, burnt out, etc.? Jesus says, my father constantly works. And he says, and I do too. But what does he say? He says, I only do what I see my father doing. And I only say what I hear him saying. I want to tell you right now, if this is a key that you got to store deep in your heart. If you want to run a race and not grow weary, you want to walk and not faint. You want to do the work of God without being like, screw all of this. I don't want to do anything anymore. You need to learn to do two things. You need to learn how to see and how to hear. Is that simple? You got to learn how to see and you got to learn how to hear. I'm not talking about the physical senses. I'm talking about spiritual sight. I'm talking about spiritually listening. I'm talking about learning to set your mind on things above. I'm talking about contemplating his glory. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about waiting upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord isn't like one day God's going to come through for me. That's not what waiting upon the Lord means. Waiting upon the Lord means resting at his feet. It means actively, attentively waiting upon the Lord, beholding him. He renews our strength and he gives us power for life. Some of us, we've gotten tired at times. Some might be tired right now. But tiredness, spiritual tiredness, I'm talking about physical tiredness, spiritual tiredness, that thing goes away, it gets unlocked, it goes sayonara when you sit at the feet of our God. And you begin to see and hear what he's saying to you. Some of us might be like, well, I never see or hear anything, Micah. And I am not a, a prophet, so I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to tell you that you need to take that lie and throw it in the garbage because his sheep hear his voice. (laughs) They know it. We understand? If you can think, then you can see and you can hear. If you can think, then you can see and you can hear. God wants to speak and he wants to speak into your life. He wants to speak about your life. He wants to speak to you personally He wants to show you himself and how good he is. And I'm telling you that something will energize you way beyond anything you've ever known. Because the world, even the pleasures of the world are so minute compared to him. In his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Nothing in this world will satisfy or come close to the presence of the living God. But we have to learn to be people who see and hear. Prayer is really boring if you're not seeing and hearing. You know, God is in heaven and he sees and hears. The Bible says that the father who is in secret will see you in the secret place and reward you. 
He is seeing. The Bible says that if he hears you, you know that you have what you ask for. The Lord is doing two things. He's seeing and he's hearing you. And what, he's ask, what he asks of us is to do the same back. To see and to hear. I'm talking about a spiritual principle. This is, this is actually, it's not so much going to be taught in your brain. You have to, you have to, do, you have to live it. You, sometimes messages only go so far. Like I could tell you some things right now. You'd be like, well, I've never heard that before, right? And that would be gaining some knowledge, which would be really good because I can help you and be fun. Um, but this is, this is uh, practical knowledge. This is something that you have to take, you have to receive, and you have to say, if Jesus lived this way, I'm called to live this way. I'm not saying that you wake up in the morning and you go, which shirt is God putting on? so that I could put on that shirt. I'm not talking on that level. Jesus is not, you guys get what I'm saying? I'm not saying being picky about your life. I'm talking about a general principle of truly, truly having a relationship with the living God. We say it a lot, but the depth of that is actually really powerful if we can engage it. But to engage it is actually really simple. When we come in prayer, number one, do we come in prayer? Hopefully we do. But number one, when we come in prayer, is it a list that we have that we got to make sure that we pray all these things in order? Or is it, my first objective isn't to figure out everything I need to pray for and say all those things to God. That's not my first objective. My first objective is to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayers. That's a Bible verse. Pray in the spirit always with all kinds of prayers. So if you're going to intercede, if you're going to supplicate, if you're going to weep and mourn and repent, all kinds of prayers, do penance, that's repentance. If this is, if this is where you're at and you're going to do those things, don't do them out of the flesh. Those who come and worship have to worship in spirit and truth. <clears throat> you can run grow weary, think that you're praying and yet you're still growing weary because you're not truly waiting upon him and you don't see or hear anything he's saying or doing. It's all out of your own strength. You can, on the outside to everybody else, look completely spiritual. You could dress like a prophet. Everybody thinks you're a prophet. The guys with a lot of grace from the Lord who can grow massive beards in the house can look like prophets. Oh. The Lord still loves me. One time I had a dream that I had a big beard. Maybe it'll happen supernaturally. Um, anyways, you can, look, you can look it on the outside, right? But what it really might be is our efforts and our flesh. It's really our efforts. We think it's spiritual because we're praying. You know, the Pharisees prayed a whole bunch too. Like just because you do something quote unquote spiritual doesn't mean you're connecting with spirit. God is spirit. Come on. Just because we do something that we put quotations on as spiritual devotion. I've done it. Doesn't mean that we're learning the, the childlike habits of seeing and listening. The Bible says in James, 
says, Elijah was a man. God bless you. The Bible says, Elijah was a man just like us. Okay. Are you all following with me? Elijah was a man just like us. Now, wait a second. Elijah was seeing angels, man. This guy had an army come up and try to kill him. An army. We haven't been that first kid. An army surrounds his hometown. His servant's like, OMG, Elijah, you're dead, bro. And then he's like, he looks and he doesn't go, you're right. He doesn't look and go, oh, man, God, you've left me. He doesn't look and go, oh, where are you at, Papa? He looks and says to his servant, chill. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then his servant says, what? Because there's two of them. And there's an army. And then Elijah's like, oh. Puts his hand on him. Praise for him. He says, God, open his eyes. He looks and sees and sees an army of fiery chariots all around him behind him. The Bible says, this is a fun story. I'm just going to go there since we're there. But Elijah prays for them. You know, and the Bible says that they all go blind. The whole army goes blind. Now it gets, it gets really good. So they're all, oh, we can't see. Oh my gosh, the whole army. And Elijah stands in front of him and goes, hey, you all lost your way. You guys okay? We can't see. Ah. He goes, I'll take you where you need to go. So they're all holding hands and he leads this bad army to the king of Israel. And then the leader of Israel goes, should we kill him? He's so excited. He's like, wow, man. Not only does Elijah come and tell us where the bad guys are going to be and we get to ambush them, etc., but man, he brings their whole army blind to us. This is great. He says, Elijah, should we kill him? And Elijah says, no. He says, let's feed them. He prays over them. They all receive their sight. He feeds the army food. The Bible says they never came and messed with Israel again. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Okay, now we got to go back. Elijah, Elijah was a man just like us. Like who? Us. Who's the us? Christians. Christians. He was tasting and seeing and living in a reality by grace that would be poured out in Christ. He was participating in it prophetically of what would be poured out upon us. A life where we've come unto the spiritual Mount Zion, where there's innumerable angels. We've come into the holy of holies and we can come before the throne of grace. The Bible says you can contemplate his glory and come before his throne. This is in your mind. Are you guys still following with me? But it ends up living out in very real ways. I've had dreams where you think it's in your mind. You think this is crazy. This is, it's in your mind. It's in your thoughts. How is it real? No, it's real. I've had dreams where angels have come to me. The angels lead me through a door. I go into a place. A person gets delivered. Next thing you know, I'm literally going into that house that night. I had no idea I was going to be in that house. I go into that house. There's a person there, just like my dream, wearing the same colors. They get delivered. How weird is that? Thoughts. 
reality. Are we following? But we're called to learn how to see and hear. We got to, we have to learn how to wait upon the Lord. Do we give him time to even talk to us? Your prayer life would be so much more energizing if God was involved. You want to know, you want to know why prayer meetings are usually the smallest thing in church? Because everybody prays out of their flesh. <laughs> That's not a condemnation here. I'm just saying generalities, okay? That's not a condemnation here in any way. I'm just speaking generalities. But when we learn to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a lot more fun. You have a lot of fun. The world has a lot of fun being under the influence of bad stuff. We will have more fun being under the influence of the living God. When the Bible says, <laughs> when the Bible says, pray in the spirit, all kinds of prayers. There's different types of prayers we might pray. But first we got to back up, back up. So this whole topic, remember the last few weeks about being in the spirit. Back up from all the types of prayers you need to pray. All, all the theology and the aspects of, man, I know exactly how to intercede I'm going to first start with thanksgiving and praise, and then I'm going to go into supplication, and then there's going to be spiritual warfare too, but I'm going to be releasing forgiveness. By the end of it, the kingdom's going to come, and it's just going to be just enemies gone. Okay, we got to back up for a second. That's all good. Keep it there. Put it deep in your heart, but back up. It says, pray in the spirit all kinds of prayers. What it means by praying the spirit means, it means to come under his influence. Come under his influence. How do you come under someone's influence? If you don't see him or don't hear him, how are they, how are they going to influence you? If I wasn't standing right here, right now, talking to you, I wouldn't be able to influence you. Right? We got to come under his influence. We begin to see what he's showing us. We begin to hear what he's saying. All of a sudden, you'll begin to be prophetic. Now, how do we do this? I, I want to go a little bit practical, too, in this because I, I just have a vibe and a feeling that there might be a couple of us that go, I don't hear anything, I don't see anything, and I really want you to walk away from today going, this is so easy. It's so easy. Um, um, this is not complicated. Okay? Here's the truth. Ready for this? First, we start with truths. Here's the truth. God has raised you up into heavenly places. He has seated you together with him, with Christ Jesus. Way up there. Do you know that that's happened? The Bible says that he dwells in you. Do you know that that's happened if you receive him? The Bible says, as Christians, we've received the mind of Christ. The Bible says, if you want to walk by the Spirit, you've got to set your mind on the Spirit. I'm going to say a couple more. The Bible says <laughs> to think to think upon things above where Christ is seated with his father. Think. 
The Bible says, one more, to contemplate. You know what contemplate means? It means think. Contemplate the glory of the Lord. When the Bible tells us as a, a command, say command. He, the Bible says as a command, behold him. Do you know there's two parts you get transformed? Renewing your mind, which means actually understanding what this thing says. Okay, transformed. We might think a whole bunch of ways, but if it ain't aligned with this, you're not being transformed into his image. The other way is we're transformed by beholding him. If we say we don't see or hear, how would you ever be transformed? But I'm not talking about, I'm not talking first about a supernatural vision, a supernatural miracle that you create in yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you actively thinking about truth, about relationship, and putting yourself in a place because of that to look and hear what the Spirit has to say. Does that make sense? You begin to think about being in his throne. You begin to think about coming into a holy of holy room with God. There is no physical temple anymore. That doesn't mean that God wants his people to stop coming to him. Why does the Bible say over and over again to set your mind on it, think about it, contemplate it, da-da-da-da-da? Because that is literally the doorway into that encounter. Just like the Jews would come to the temple, you're called to go to the heavenly one. But how, does, how do you get there? Well, Jesus made a way by his blood and the Holy Ghost is going to bring you there, but you got to do something too. What do you do? Think. See how easy this is? When you begin to contemplate it, begin to think about it, if you don't know what heaven looks like, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Let that, let that describe some stuff. Start med- Go read Ezekiel 44 or something. You'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what is happening? You know? Just read it. Listen. You're going to have thoughts about Christ. You're going to have thoughts about Christ. You can have, now that's, that's your choice. It's your choice to have thoughts about Christ. Here we go. That's the baseline. You can have thoughts about Christ. We can all do that. That's all I'm saying. Set your mind on them. When you do that, what happens is you're going to be opened up to where visions can be given to you. Visions which you don't create the vision and go, I'm going to have a vision of a baseball game. I'm not, that's you thinking. A vision is supernatural. It gets imposed on you. It's a movie brought to you and you see the movie, whether it's in your mind or the Bible says there's open visions. You can, you can begin to think about him, begin to think, hey, listen, there ain't no more temple. <laughs> that's horrible grammar. There, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Don't judge me. Okay. There's no more temple. But there is a temple. And it never went away. And God made a way for us to come into that one. How do we come in? Through faith. Which means believe the truth. Which means you're there. 
believe it. Begin to think about it. Begin to imagine it. Begin to imagine Jesus hanging out with you. Begin to, it's true. Is he with you? The Bible says he's at your side. Think about it. Lord, you're right next to me. Whoa, what are you doing? Next thing you know, you'll see him doing some stuff. I'm talking about engaging a prayer life that's way more active than whatever we sometimes do. But it's, but it's not the type that Jesus did, I'll tell you that. Jesus did a prayer life that was seeing and hearing constantly. I mean, to the point where he's like, I do what I see my father do. But that's actually the key to work and keep working, but not grow weary because it's not working out of your own strength. It's something that's energized by what he wants to do, what he's saying. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get joy bubbles. I don't know how else to describe it, but sometimes I feel like I got zapped. Anybody else feel like they get zapped ever? If you haven't, I pray that over you right now in Jesus' name. I don't Hey, I've read a lot of Bible, but I'm still trying to find the zap. I guess, I, I mean, there is passages where they fall down and they can't stand up anymore. The Bible says that power comes out of his fingers like lightning rays. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, I want to do one more thing. This might be, I, I just, I had this on my heart. I, I want to share this story of, um, in the Bible, because it's good for us just to know the Bible. And then, and then what I want to do, we're going to go into worship. So we have about 15 minutes. We're going to go into worship. And I really want us to engage him. But this is what I was thinking about. Um, some of us might have a thought like, man, I don't know. There's certain blocks where you feel like before you've entered in, before you enter, before you go into the Holy of Holies up on Mount Zion and you're hanging out in the temple, there were other doors that you were supposed to walk through before you even get to that door. I want to tell you, here's a story. It's about the people of Israel. Okay? The people of Israel are in a place called Egypt. And they're slaves for 400 years. That's a long time. God calls them on a spiritual journey with him. He tells Pharaoh, let my people go. He sends a guy named Moses let my people go. And he calls his people on a spiritual journey with him. The first thing is they're in slavery. The Bible says that there's this thing called Passover. This is the first door. Passover. On the doorpost, they put the blood of the lamb. To signify that they were the people of God. The Bible says that the angel passed over them and judgment didn't come upon them, but judgment came upon every house that the blood was not upon. That's Passover. What does that symbolize, guys? That symbolizes Jesus. We all know that the night of Passover, when the lamb would have been sacrificed, Jesus was taken. He was arrested. He was the one who was put upon a cross on Passover to be the lamb sacrificed for us, to be the blood upon our doorposts. That's number one. So if you're not a Christian, Jesus is the only way to eternal life. And there's nothing better than him. And he died for us because he loves us and he cares for us very deeply. Yay! 
so Passover is symbolic of Jesus dying on a cross for us. But then what happens is the Lord leads them. Because of that, he leads them supernaturally through a big sea of water called the Red Sea that's split in two. Pharaoh, with not the biggest brains in the world, decides to follow them through the water. They get to the other side. God lets the water go. The Egyptians who are chasing them to kill them get swept away. The bondage, the bondage of slavery was eradicated when the master of the slaves was judged. On the cross, somebody was judged. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of humans. He's the defiler. He's the devil. He was judged. Jesus says judgment has now come into this world against him. <laughs> That's why you actually get to live in victory right now, not just when Jesus comes back again and the devil gets thrown into the lake of fire. That's coming. But this is step one victory where you get to trample on his head. Okay? But you're released from slavery. What was the slavery? The slavery was your sin. The slavery was to darkness. The slavery was to bondage. The slavery was to the devil. So the blood of Jesus covers you. You come through these waters. It's called baptism. Baptism. That's you being born again. Jesus sets you free. But 50 days later, do we know where they went, these people of Israel? They get set free from this guy. God does all these miracles, signs, and wonders. They get set free from him. They go through some water crazy. The Pharaoh and all his dudes get wiped out. 50 days later, we know what happens from Passover? 50 days? Pentecost, 50 days later? The Bible says they came to a mountain called Mount Sinai, where God had fire come down on the mountain. Moses went up for 40 days and hung out with God face to face, brings down the tablets of the law. 50 days later, the law. Jesus died for us. 50 days later, the spirit fell in fire. The spirit fell in fire and the spirit comes to live in you, dwell in you, empower you. His word is written upon your heart. It was when Moses was on that mount that God gave him a vision of the temple. And then they, you know, they ultimately had tabernacle and they ended up building a temple. But do you know that with Christ, he dies for you you get set free from the enemy. You get set free from sin. You get to come into a new kingdom. But I'm not talking just like theology. I'm talking about an invitation to a living God relationship with him. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, good, good, good. Don't stop with the theology. But before you go into the temple, you got to understand Jesus died for you because that's, that's step number one. If you feel judged and you feel condemned, if you feel like you're a sinner, you're going to have a really hard time coming into the Holy of Holies yeah. and engaging him in worship. Yeah. You're going to have a really hard time because you're going to go, uh, 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 I'm not worthy. So we got to understand, no, 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 no. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let your past speak over you so loud that you begin to close your eyes and dull your ears to the voice and the, and the sight of God because you now, is all, all you're seeing is yourself and your sin, which Jesus died for to eradicate. So you got to go past that one. You got to go through the water and you got to understand sin doesn't have dominion over you. 
For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Come on. You got to believe that. You got to believe that door that you've come to a mountain, not, not the mountain of fire and a physical mountain, but a spiritual one, the Bible says in the book of you, a spiritual mountain with a spiritual house that God lives in with innumerable angels. You have come to that mountain. You get to participate in a relationship with the living God. But you got to believe it. If you don't believe it, well, forget it. You're not ever going to do anything anyways, is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like if you didn't believe the gospel, you wouldn't have gotten baptized. If you don't believe that Christ and his death has opened up a new and living way to come to the throne of grace to receive help in time of need, then you'll never do what I'm saying anyways. But hopefully the seeds are just getting planted, watered a little bit, where we begin to engage a little bit more. Not condemning ourselves for the past of, man, I, maybe I did suck at prayer. I'm not, I'm not saying that. We're just going to move forward. And we think, how can I engage you more like, God, how can I engage you more like Jesus when he was living as a man, the God man engaged you? And he becomes an example. He says, imi we imitate him. Imitate him. Imitate him. You can't imitate somebody you don't know what they did. But now you do. Now you do. Come on, we're at church. <laughs> we get to think about Jesus. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I want to pray over all of you. I want to release this thing that I just got to get past the condemnation. Got to get past the guilt. Got to get past the shame. Got to say, I'm not, oh, by the way, but this is really good. Some of us have, this is a side word, but it's with all of the word. Some of us have left Egypt, left sin and stuff like that, left the world. And all of a sudden we're like, oh man, it was better in Egypt. And we start to murmur. The people of Israel, oh my gosh, they had come, they, they were slaves, but they had homes. Now they're living in tents in the dirt, traveling around. They we had it better over there. The Lord's giving them manna every day, which just means what is it? That's what manna means, what is it? So if you ask me what it is, I don't know. Um, but ultimately, it's Jesus. Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the manna. <laughs> okay. So they're eating of Christ. They're eating of the provision of God. They're eating his grace that he gives to them, sustaining them. And they go, we want meat. Just like that meat. <laughs> Give it to us. God's like, God's like, I think you should just recognize that the bread's really good for you first. Like you got to just really take this in for a little bit, but I want meat. I had it better over there. Started following you in the spiritual walk. I had a better house in that old life. I was better. Even though I was a slave, I was better over there. God's looking at you like, man, I love you. I love you so much. He gives them food and they say, I want more than that. It's not enough. He says, you sure? I said, yes, give me meat. He says, you sure? Because I know you and it might not be good for you. You sure? Yes, give me meat. They give them meat and a bunch of them die because they eat too much. 
Do you get what I'm saying? We don't want to be people who look back and start to murmur about the past, murmur to God, begin to complain about the things that he's brought us into. It's okay where you're at because you've got God with you. Say, this, it's not better in the past. It's better here with the living God. If, if we're seeing and hearing him rather than setting our minds and thoughts on those things. Yes? Come on. I want to pray for all you. Can I get the worship band up here? I love all y'all. I love this church. You guys are amazing. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. Oh